You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. You know, today we are starting a, a new se- uh, series of teaching. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. I know initially, right when I say that, um, there may be some of you in here, maybe if you've grown up uh, and you've, or maybe you've just been on YouTube and you've seen some weird things done in the name of the Holy Spirit. In fact, by a show of hands, anybody ever seen or maybe been a part of some weird stuff done in the name of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, okay, okay, good. Might have some, some obstacles to overcome today. Um, that's good. Um, this is why we are doing a series on the Holy Spirit, because the thing is, we realize this, is that the Holy Spirit's been misrepresented many times throughout history, many times throughout history. And there's been a lot of strange things that have been done in the name of the Holy Spirit, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit. And the way we can tell that is this, the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. I'm already getting ahead of myself. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. And if the Holy Spirit is prompting us to do something, but we don't see it, number one, in the life of Jesus, he didn't do it, he didn't say it, or we don't find it in his word, it's not the Holy Spirit. If, the Holy, if, if things are happening in the name of the Holy Spirit, but we don't see it in the life of Jesus, or we can't find examples in his word, it's not the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that would cause confusion. I can't back that up with solid rock foundation truth. And what? God is not the author of confusion. He wants to make it simple, that simple. The Holy Spirit prompted me to do this. Cool, we should be able to find that in here. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. But here's what I'm going to ask. In fact, I would challenge you to do this with everything. Whenever you approach God's word, I would challenge you to believe first, even before you understand completely in your physical mind. Because many times what happens is we approach God in a way that we were learned to approach things in school. Well, I'm going to learn. I'm going to pass the test. I'm going to gain a bunch of understanding once I have understanding, oh, that makes sense to me, then I will believe. That's not faith. That's not faith. What I have to do is I have to realize that I'm going to approach God's word in the truth of God's word, and as I do that, I'm going to choose to believe this book, God's word, above anything that I've believed, above anything that I've seen, above anything that I've been taught. Even if I don't understand it yet, here's the good news. You have a helper to help you understand it, and that's what we're going to look at today. His name is the Holy Spirit. He's not weird. He's not some ghost somewhere. He's a person, and you can have a personal relationship with him. In fact, uh, man, I'm already getting to next week's. If you, if you can't see the Holy Spirit as a person, if you don't understand he's a, not an it, he's a part of, of God, if you don't see him as a person, you'll never have a personal relationship with him. And if you don't have a personal relationship with him, you're going to miss out on a whole part of who God is, and you're going to miss part of it. In fact, here's the first thing I want us to see. If you got a note-taking card, you're taking notes with us, write this down. God has more for you. God has more for you. I don't know how long maybe you've been in church. Maybe today's your first time in a long time, whatever. But for a lot of times, what happens is many times we go to church we get in a groove with Christianity, and that's the issue. We get in a groove with Christianity, and after a while, we think, well, I'm doing all the right things, but we become static in our walk with God. And when we become static, we become satisfied 
And when we become satisfied, what? I'm no longer, I don't have a fire or a passion to grow with Jesus. And that's an issue. Because we don't arrive. He has more for you. The more is found in the Holy Spirit. It's found in the person of the Holy Spirit. In fact, let me give you a few examples. And if, and if you've been confused in the past about who the Holy Spirit is, what his role is, man, take heart because we're going to look at a few examples in Scripture where there were people that were sitting in the same seat you are today. I don't know about that guy. I mean, I understand God the Father. Get it. I understand Jesus died for me. He's my Savior. Get it. But that Holy Spirit guy, whoo, I've seen some weird stuff, Right? There's a lot of people that stop right there. But there's a whole nether part to God that he wants to take you further than you've ever been before. It might be outside your comfort zone, but that's good for you. It might be a little uncomfortable, but the Holy Spirit's called your comforter for a reason. He's going to take you places that only God can take you. Let's look at a few examples here. We're going to look at the book of Acts chapter 18. So if you have your Bible, you can turn there, Acts 18. And then we're going to go right to, to Acts 19 as well. So right there, if you, have, if you have your Bible, you can turn there. If not, I'll have it on the screen for you. Acts 18, starting in verse 24. Let me read the, these few scriptures here. It says this, Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures. Remember that. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and he taught, remember this word right here, accurately. He taught accurately the things of the Lord, although he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Aquila and Priscilla, what amazing names, Aquila and Priscilla, this is a, um, a husband and wife, kind of a tag team couple that were in ministry, Aquila and Priscilla, they heard him and they took him aside and they explained to him the way of God more accurately. He knew he was teaching accurately. They pull him aside and they teach him what? More accurately. Let's stop there for a second. More accurately. What does it say? It says that Apollos knew everything in the th in, in, uh, with God up into the baptism of John, which was what? Repentance. I need to put my faith in, in Jesus. I need to repent. I need to repent and get water baptized. And that's what he did. And that's what they did. And he knew it up until that point. It says that he was, he was well taught. He was teaching fervently the things of God, accurately the things of God. But what does it show us? God has more. And so Aquila and Priscilla, they, they pull him aside and say, hey, we love what you're teaching, but here's, here's more to the story. There's actually more beyond just the water baptism part. There's more to the story. It says they took him aside. They explained to him what? The way of God more accurately. And as we see from this moment on, we're going to look and we're going to see multiple times after this where we talk, they talk about and they link this a certain story back to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which we're going to talk about in detail here in a few weeks. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. He was giving them everything he had. Apollos was preaching his heart out, right? Fervent in spirit, preaching, giving him everything he had. But he didn't have everything. God has more for you. Let's look at another example. Acts 19, very next uh, chapter, Acts 19, 1 through 6. Let's read this short story. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. What is that? Guys that believe in Jesus. Finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? 
So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Again, repentance. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. This is a very interesting story. There's a couple key things that happen here. Paul comes across these disciples, and he says, hey, did you, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And like I said, we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit in, in just a few weeks here in, in great detail and make it super simple. It's super easy to understand. But their response was, we haven't even heard that there, there was something beyond water baptism, right? This is where Apollos was just a chapter, chapter before. Uh, we, we, we thought we had everything that was available. And so here's what happens. I love their response. These nameless disciples, we don't even get their names, but their response is what? If there's more, I want it. If God has more for me, I want the more. I don't care if I don't understand it all the way. It's exactly what we said earlier. I, yeah, if there's more, show us. And they wanted it so bad that it actually says, I don't know if it says it in this, this part right here. Uh, yeah, so when they heard this, what? They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. What happens? Paul literally takes them to the water, re-water baptizes them, and then what? Lays his hands on them to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The next step. So what happened? Like, so, you know, a few weeks ago or last week, uh, we did some water baptisms here, and there was a few people that had been baptized before, um, but they wanted to get re-water baptized because it meant something different to them. They were, they were at a different place. They did it when they were a kid, but now they understood it more. And I said, yeah, we can do that. Why? Because we see that in God's Word. These guys have been water baptized before, but they wanted to take another step, and they were at a different place spiritually. And what happened? Paul said, here, let me, let's go through the thing here. You believe in Jesus. Let's get you water baptized. Hey, you're done with that old life. You're going to be brand new moving forward. Now, here's the, the third thing for you. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need to have a personal relationship with Holy Spirit so that you can do what God's asked you to do. God has more. I love that they didn't need an explanation. The question is, where do you find yourself today? Are you in a place where maybe you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've been water baptized, but maybe you haven't taken the third step yet? Hey, I, I need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And like I said, we're going to talk about this through this series. Maybe you're at a place in life where the things of God have, have made sense to you, but you've kind of gotten to that spiritual Christian rut. I go to church when I can. I'm not really plugged in anywhere. I don't really have any accountability anywhere at a church. I'm just kind of going through the motions. I feel like I've gotten static. Can I tell you that God's brought you to this place, to abide church today for this reason, to remind you he's not done with you. He has more for you. And in fact, you're just getting started. He has more. Let's continue on here. The next thing is this. The Holy Spirit is the promise of more. He's the promise of more in your life. And we're going to talk about what, what is this more. We're going to look at Acts chapter 1 here. 
Acts chapter 1. So if you're following along in your Bible, you can turn back to the beginning of Acts. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus is about to leave his disciples and go to heaven. And he's leaving his disciples with these final words. And these are the disciples that have been with him for a long time. They've been with him for years. They've seen Jesus do amazing miracles. In fact, many, many miracles, more so than they could even write down into a book. They've, they've seen him do amazing things. And here's what Jesus says, Acts 1, 4 through 5. And being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For here we go again. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. What is that? Why? Okay, Jesus, why is that so important? A few verses later, Acts 1.8 says this, but you shall receive power. Everyone say power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We've talked about this in the past, this, last year, at the end of last year. Here's what Jesus is saying. He says, look, you've been with me. At this point, they had received their salvation after Jesus had, had, had been crucified and raised from the dead. And he said, look, I have something for you. But what he's saying between the lines is this. He says, wait until you get this promise. And by saying that, he's saying, do not go and make disciples. Do not go and start churches. Do not go and baptize people. Do not go in all to, into all the world and, and preach the gospel until you get this. How important then, if anyone knew the character of Jesus and were intimate and close with him, who Jesus would have confidence to say, you can now represent me after being with me day and night for years. You can represent me well. Yet he still says, wait until you get the promise. How much more for us then? How much more do I need that promise in my life? I haven't been with him physically. I've been with him spiritually. But I need that promise. He says, do not leave. Do not go do not preach. Wait until you get this. Here's what he's saying. We cannot accomplish the mission of God without the supernatural baptism in the Holy Spirit. Can we be raw and real today? This is why there's, and this breaks my heart. Hmm. This is why there's so many churches who have, they're doing things out of a good heart. But when they miss this step, it's not that they're not experiencing God. It's just that they're, they're missing out on the more. They're missing out on the power. And when we miss out on the power, we become okay with things of this world. We become okay with sin. It's a little sin. We become okay with attacks from the enemy. Just a little bit of sickness. It's a little bit of pain. But God's word doesn't align with that. We become calloused to the darkness coming in, and we just think, well, it's just a part of life. And someday, when I get to heaven, I can experience God better, more fully. When God says, 
you can experience me more fully here on earth. You can have more of me here on earth. Here on earth. This is why Jesus said, when he sent out his, his disciples, this is why he said, go, preach, heal the sick, go do all these things, and tell people what? The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is at hand. Why? Because you carry the kingdom of God. And it's the same for every believer in the room. We've lost that grasp on truth, that everywhere I go, I have access to the fullness of God through the Holy Spirit, and whatever need or crazy situation I walk into, I have the answer for. Not, not me, but the kingdom of God in me. Why? The kingdom of God is at hand. It is near. Why? Because I'm near and I carry the kingdom with me. His name is the Holy Spirit. You see how that's just a totally different mindset? The world can't comprehend that. And if you read your, your Bible, you'll see Paul talks about that time and time again. The world doesn't even understand these things. They're spiritual. They must be discerned. I don't even know where I'm at in my notes here. I'm sorry. <clears throat> we can't accomplish these things. We can't build the kingdom of God. We can start churches, and we can play church games, but God's word says, look, unless the Lord builds it, the labors build in vain. That's not us. The Lord builds this church. Why? Because we invite every part of him in to what we're doing. We submit to his word above any word. The last thing I want to leave you with is this. This is the most important. It's what I'm getting to today. He has more for you. Holy Spirit's the promise of more. How do I experience the more? Number three, the Holy Spirit is your helper. He's your helper. Here in a second, we're going to look at everything that that word means, helper. Let's just look. I'm just going to read the verses, the, the words of Jesus. John 14, 16. This is Jesus. And I pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. He'll never leave you. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, until I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Imagine the disciples. Jesus, it's not good that you go away. It's not good that you leave us. We've been with you physically. And he says, no, it's so much better. Because the truth is, if you do the math, and years ago I did the math, but it was all the people in the world. And if Jesus was still here physically, and everybody got in the line and you had to wait, what would happen is if Jesus worked 14 hours a day, every single day, he didn't even take a Sabbath, right? He worked 14 hours a day. You would stand in line for nearly four years to get 30 seconds with Jesus. 30 seconds. Or, through the Holy Spirit, I have 24-7 access to the fullness of God and to his kingdom. What do I need? He's got it. He's got it. Let me just go to the next verse. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. If you're having trouble understanding the Bible, if you've tried to read and it's like, this seems boring, this uh, seems like I, I just don't understand any of it, ask. Do you know the Holy Spirit breathed this book? 
man put pen to paper, but the Holy Spirit breathed the words that are in this book. So why not ask him who wrote it to help you understand? In fact, in 1 John, it says that you have no need that anyone teach you. Why? You have the greatest teacher of all. His name's Holy Spirit. He will teach you. He will show you. He will guide you. Look at this one, John 16, 13 through 15. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say, I've said that he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Let's look at this verse for a second. It's a few verses. First thing he says is this. The Holy Spirit only ever points you to Jesus. He doesn't speak on his own authority. He only wants to give Jesus glory. That's why earlier I could say this. If it's done in the name of the Holy Spirit, but you don't see it in the life of Jesus or in his word, which is what Jesus is the word made flesh, then it's not the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will never take credit for something. He only ever says, look to Jesus, always. Well, I don't know what to do in this situation. Look to Jesus. I just need some peace. Look to the Prince of Peace. I just need some healing. Look to the person who bore your sickness on the cross to stripes so that you could be healed today. He will only ever point you to Jesus, to his word. That's what Jesus said. He doesn't speak on his own authority. He only says what he hears. Word. That's his job, to glorify. The last thing he says, though, at the end, this is huge. We have to understand this. All things the Father has are now ours. Let's look at what it says. He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. This is Jesus. He said, they're mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. This is why it's important to read your Bible slowly. Because when you see, especially Jesus, repeat himself like that, it must be important. It is not something to breeze over or to just look past. What's he saying? The kingdom of God, all things that are God's, our heavenly fathers, has been given to Jesus. And Jesus says, through the Holy Spirit, I will give them to you. And now you have access. I declare them to you. I make it clear to you. I empower you to live it out all things come on somebody that's good news today whatever the holy whatever god has what do i need he he has he has and i may not see it in the natural and i may not understand it in the natural but i can have peace i can have joy in the midst of chaos i can have self-control i can live in righteousness i can be free from addiction free from sin why because that stuff, that junk is not in heaven. I carry the kingdom of heaven. I won't allow it in my life either. Come on, that's good. Come on. He doesn't speak on his own authority. He tells you the things to come. God, I don't know what tomorrow holds. You know somebody that does. He will give you insight into the future. Doesn't mean he's going to lay it all out for you. Maybe he will but he'll give you a step. And because he's given you a peace, you can take a step. In America, we like to have the provision 
before we take the step of faith, before we have peace to take the step. Provision before peace. That's anti-God's word. Here's what God says. I'll give you peace when you trust me. And then when you step, the provision will be there, but it won't be until you step. And if you've lived that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, today's your day. What's he prompting you to do? Don't wait for the provision. Seek him, abide in him, lean into the Holy Spirit. He's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to tell you the things to come so I can have peace and the provision will come. He's your helper. He's your comforter. He is your counselor. As you look at the original language, all of these words are pushed into almost the same word, helper, comforter, counselor. There's nothing wrong with good, godly counsel. But can I tell you this? Have you started with Holy Spirit? Did you talk to him about it first? He's got truth for you, and only that truth will truly set you free. Do you need comfort? Man, I'm battling anxiety. I'm battling depression. I'm battling unknowns. I don't know what tomorrow holds for my job. I don't know what's going on. Do you need comfort? It's Holy Spirit. It's so vital to understand who he is and how we relate to him more. If you don't have the Blue Letter Bible app, I would encourage you to get it. It's a great resource. Um, I I think I put it on your notes today. Let me read this. This is the definition or their breakdown, basically, of that word helper. Speaking of the Holy Spirit is destined, destined to take the place of Christ with the apostles after, of course, Jesus ascended into heaven. Look at this. To lead them to a deeper knowledge of the gospel truth and give them divine strength needed to enable them to undergo trials and persecutions on behalf of the divine kingdom. I don't know about you, but it's been a wild 10 days in 2021, right? I want some of this in my life. I want divine strength needed to enable me to undergo trials and persecutions on behalf of the, of the divine kingdom. I can't live without it. And I won't live without it. I won't. And at this church, we're not going to force the Holy Spirit on you. We're not going to say if you do this, if you don't receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that you're going to hell. We're not going to say any of that. That's not in God's word. But I'll just tell you this, I can't live without it. And if you want to choose to live without it, good luck. Power to you. But that ain't me. That ain't me. Here's the reflection question, the action step. These are so simple. Based on what we learned today, where do you need help in your life? He's the helper. Where do you need help? The action step is ask. Where do you need help? Man, I need comfort. Maybe you're, you need help with an addiction, with lust in your life. Many times we ask God for help. Let's say you're battling an addiction. Let's say it's lust. We ask God for help after we've sinned. We ask him for forgiveness. But he says, if you would ask me for help when temptation comes, his word promises he would show you the way out. But so many times we wait. You have a helper always with you. Ask in the heat of temptation, and he will show you the way out. It's his promise to you. Ask. As we go through this series, I think I have the next few weeks planned out. We'll see what happens. But next week, I'm going to talk more about the person of the Holy Spirit. 
who he is, how he, he is somebody you can relate to personally. As we get into it, I think the week after that, we're going to break down the baptism in the Holy Spirit and how there's actually three baptisms available for each and every believer. A lot of people don't know that, but if we look at God's word, I'll show it to you. It's so simple and it's so, so true. And we see it from the beginning of God's word to the end. But my prayer for you this week is, is this. This is just, an, just opening the door into your heart and my heart for what the Holy Spirit has for you, that he's your helper. That's all I want you to see today. He's there to help, guide you into truth, to lead you, to comfort you, to counsel you. Ask him this week. Will you ask him this week? The first thing is this. If you're in here and you say, Pastor Dan, I, that sounds great and all, but maybe you haven't done the first step. Maybe you've never taken a step to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Today's your day. God's word says today is the day of salvation. You can do that today, and we're not here to embarrass you. We're not going to have you, you know, do anything weird or anything like that. We just want to pray with you and lead you in a prayer. Would you guys bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second? If you're in here today, and like I said, my heart's not to embarrass you. I just want to be able to pray with you. If you're in here and you'd say, Pastor Dan, I, I want to do that. I want to do step one. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life and start living for him so I can experience those, those good things that he has for me. Maybe you're in here and you'd say, Pastor Dan, I did that at one time, but man, I've messed up. I've spent years away from him. I haven't been serious about my walk with him, but I'm ready to do that today. Either one of those. For the first time or to recommit your life to Jesus. Would you just slump, raise your hand just high enough for me to see it? and then put it back down. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I just wanna lead you in a prayer. Awesome. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer right now. And I want everyone in here, you're not gonna pray alone. I want everyone in here to repeat this prayer after me. And just say, just say it out loud. You don't have to yell it or anything. Just say it out loud right there at your seat. And let's not just believe, or not just say it, but let's believe what we're saying. That's where life change happens. Say this after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to come to this earth, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Right now, I choose to make you the Lord of my life. Jesus, come in, forgive my sins, make me clean, make me a part of your family. Thank you. I am saved. I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.